We live in a world that wants to forget sin, wants to get rid of sin. Why? Because it doesn't believe in mercy. If you didn't think that there was a chance that you could be forgiven, would you ever admit that you were wrong? There's nothing more terrifying than going into a situation where you will be given no quarter. If you know that in advance, why would you ever admit a mistake? When repentance is separated from the hope of being forgiven, as in our culture today, we have a perverse sort of sacrament of confession. You're supposed to confess, but you will not be absolved. Our current state of politics, the ideologies in this country, the civil discourse, this reflects something of a trend. It's confession without absolution. We might not have sins, but our ancestors certainly did. And so we tear down statues. We cover artwork that celebrates sinners of the past. There's character assassinations. There are other sinners out there, but not me. Most of them are in the past. Some of them are my enemies. But there is no sin here. Why is that? It's because our world is forgetting the idea of mercy. And today, on Laetare Sunday, in Lent, we have a day of rejoicing because mercy is real. That is at the heart of our faith. We don't pause Lent, but we take this day in particular to recall that the grace that is driving us through this season towards the feast of Easter is grounded in the mercy of the Father. It's the parable today that we heard that gives us the most stark contrast between the way the world thinks of sin and mercy and the way Jesus Christ does. To the world's way of thinking, the younger son his behavior at the beginning of the parable makes total sense. He just asks for what's due to him. He gets his inheritance. He goes and travels. It's not quite study abroad, but he's exploring, he's widening his horizons. The tragedy in this story, to the world's way of thinking, is that there's a famine. The young, man, the young man didn't have a chance to realize his potential. There's no sin involved. There's just a catastrophe, a natural catastrophe. The Christian hears the parable very differently. For the Christian, he sees with the younger son that the worst thing that happened was at the very beginning. When the son turned and said, Father, give me what is due to me. And then he left. There was a rupture between the father and the son. 
And then he left the Father. He couldn't be near the Father. That's why when the parable really kicks into gear, at the moment when the Son comes to his senses, that's when we see the whole story is meant to show the younger son's realization that mercy is real. He doesn't think that the worst thing that happened was the famine, even as he's looking at the swine and thinking, if only I could eat those husks. The worst thing that happened, he knows, was that he left the father. He turned his back on the father. For the Christian, what the son does is also what we do in this season of Lent. We seek reconciliation. We make the long journey back to the father. In the opening prayer that we heard, we heard these words that really summon the language of reconciliation that we hear at least a dozen times in the liturgy today. We heard this. Oh God, who through your word reconcile the human race to yourself in a wonderful way. And then from St. Paul, we heard this. New things have come from God who has reconciled us to himself through Christ and given us the ministry of reconciliation. Namely, God is reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. In one very St. Paul sentence, he uses the word reconciliation four times. He would be failed in an English class. But what St. Paul was convicted of was that the all-important message of Jesus Christ is that the Father is waiting for us. The son left the father in the parable with his hands full. He had his inheritance. He collected all his belongings. He returns to the father with empty hands. The father does not need us to have anything. We may only have weakness, may only have failure, But the Father has open arms. The Father is waiting and watching. All this language of reconciliation, both in the Collect and in St. Paul's letter, might clue us into another place we hear this very similar language. And that's in confession. The words that sometimes can slip past us, the all-important words that can slip past us, because... Confession is such a a high-pressure situation in a way. But these are the prayers. God, the Father of mercies, through the death and resurrection of his Son, has reconciled the world to himself and sent the Holy Spirit among us for the forgiveness of sins. The very same language as St. Paul. God, the Father of mercies, the Father who waits for his sons and daughters, has reconciled the world to himself. That is what the world can't understand. But it's only by trusting in mercy that we could ever confess sin. 
that we could ever enter those doors and go into those confessionals and say the things that are darkest about who we are or what we've done only because we trust in mercy. If the Father is waiting for us, if mercy is real, if I am, in fact, more than my sin, that's what makes us go through those doors. And when we go through those doors, it's not transformed. It remains a simple drab door. That little room remains a little room. And yet it's a supernatural action. You go through that door, you encounter the mercy of the Father. You encounter God. It's there that God who created the universe out of nothing takes sin and makes it nothing. He frees us from whatever has tied us down, kept us from him. And that freedom gives us joy. Think of any time you've been sick or laid up. I had two ACL surgeries in three years, and it's when you're totally immobilized and on some very powerful drugs that you think, if only I could get around and do things for myself. There's a way that joy only follows from freedom. It's in confession that the immobility, the paralysis that can, can hold us up is healed. That happens by the grace of God. St. Paul also speaks of a new creation. And that signals Easter for us. In just a few weeks, we will celebrate the mystery of our salvation. My friends, let's not give up on mercy as our world is in danger of doing. Let's trust that the Father of mercies is reconciling the world to himself. Let's use this time of Lent that remains to seek him out in the sacrament of confession, in our own penances. Let's trust that mercy is real and that the Father loves us.